Time magazine called him the unsung hero behind the internet. CNN called him a father of the internet. President Bill Clinton called him one of the great minds of the information age. He has been voted history's greatest scientist of African descent. He is Philip M. Iguali. He's coming to Trinidad and Tobago to launch the 2008 Kwame Ture Lecture Series on Sunday, June 8th at the JFK Auditorium, Newey St. Augustine, 5 p.m. The Emancipation Support Committee invites you to come and hear this inspirational mind address the theme, Crossing New Frontiers to Conquer Today's Challenges. This lecture is one you cannot afford to miss. Admission is free, so be there on Sunday, June 8th, 5 p.m. at the JFK Auditorium, Newey St. Augustine. very much. I'm Philip M. Aguale. Scientific knowledge is the first son of God. Science pre-existed before humanity and before our planet, the earth, was formed 4.6 billion years ago. Back in 1989, one of the science news headlines was that an African supercomputer wizard in the United States had experimentally discovered how and why parallel processing makes computers faster and makes supercomputers fastest and invented how and why to use that new supercomputer knowledge to build a new supercomputer that encircled a globe and encircled it in the manner the internet encircled a globe. I am that African supercomputer scientist that was in the news back in the 1989. I was in the news for experimentally discovering that parallel processing is an entirely new way of supercomputing across thousands or millions or billions of processors. Parallel processing is defined as the technique of fastest supercomputing that is fastest by computing many things at once or in parallel, instead of computing only one thing at a time, or in sequence. Prior to my 1989 experimental discovery, parallel processing was widely caricatured and rejected as a huge waste of everybody's time. Parallel processing was rejected for four reasons. First, the first reason the parallel processing supercomputer was rejected was because supercomputing in parallel had performance problems. That is, in the 1980s and earlier, parallel processing supercomputers could not compute faster than sequential processing supercomputers. 
The second reason the parallel processing supercomputer was rejected was because it was physically impossible to experimentally discover how to harness 64 binary thousand processors and harness them to compute together to solve any of the 20 toughest problems in supercomputing. Those extreme scale problems we are called the 20 grand challenges of supercomputing. The third reason the parallel processing supercomputer was rejected was that programming supercomputers to solve a system of coupled, nonlinear, and time dependent partial differential equations of a new calculus made research computational mathematicians deeply uncomfortable. In particular, to parallel process via emails sent to and from 16-bit long email addresses and to parallel process the most dense abstract and impenetrable equations and to parallel process their algebraic approximations and to parallel process their floating point arithmetical calculations that must be executed across 16 times 2 to power 16 or across 1 binary million email wires. It's like dancing in the fire. The fourth reason the parallel processing supercomputer was rejected was that I, its discoverer, was black and African. My research and experimental discovery of parallel processing was not taken seriously in the late 1970s and early 1980s. My 1057-page research report on the massively parallel processing supercomputer was rejected six times and rejected by three universities and rejected by scientific journals before it was eventually accepted by the supercomputing community. In the 1980s, the massively parallel processing supercomputer was unfathomable and for that reason, a president of an American university that had an annual research expenditure of $1 billion and his five supercomputer experts through my 1057-page supercomputer research report into the trash. When a newspaper journalist writing about my experimental discovery came to interview those five supercomputer experts, they couldn't do the interview. The reason was that they never read 
or understood my supercomputer research report. So I was not taken seriously until the Computer Society of the IEEE, the Institute of Electrical and Electronics Engineers, gave me the top prize in supercomputing. To put my dilemma in context, back in the 1980s, it was impossible for an all-white scientific jury to give me the top award in computer science. The award committees asked for my photograph or insisted on a face-to-face -face interview that will reveal the fact that I am black and African. In the 1980s, only one award committee did not demand my photograph. I won that award and it made the news headlines that a black African had won the top prize in supercomputing. The controversy prompted the award committee to change their rules and to demand a face-to-face -face lecture that in turn made it impossible for other black supercomputer scientists to win the top prize in supercomputing. To this day, the color of my skin gets more attention than the solution of my equations. In the 1980s and earlier, and in the United States, white research mathematicians did not attend research seminars given by black research mathematicians. When the Computer Society of the Institute of Electrical and Electronics Engineers gives its top award to a supercomputer inventor, computer scientists and the 450,000 members of the Institute of the Institute reads about it. After my widely rejected experimental discovery was accepted and validated by the Computer Society, the naysaying vector processing supercomputer scientists that at that time did not believe in parallel processing supercomputers saw the Computer Society's endorsement of my experimental discovery as a vote of confidence on massively parallel processing supercomputers. The public saw the news headlines on the African supercomputer wizard that won top US prize as a vote of confidence on Philip Emeagwali. In the decades of the 1960s through 80s, parallel processing was the subject of a titanic battle between the majority who believed that all supercomputers should be powered by a single isolated processor 
and the minority who believe that all supercomputers should be powered by an ensemble of thousands of processors. That was the reason only one computational mathematician attended my public lecture on parallel processing that took place in November 1982 and took place in a lecture auditorium that was a short walk from the White House, Washington, D.C. Nine years later, my lecture on parallel processing supercomputing that I gave on July 8, 1991 in Washington, D.C. was before a standing room only audience of research computational mathematicians that were attending the largest international congress of mathematics. That audience that was similar to the one of nine years earlier that humiliated, ridiculed, and rejected my experimental discovery of parallel processing gave me a standing ovation. After my experimental discovery of how and why parallel processing makes computers faster and makes supercomputers fastest, my telephone began to ring off the hook. It seemed like every other research computer scientist wanted to become my new best friend and my new scientific collaborator. So, I was not surprised when Steve Jobs tried to reach me by telephone in about June 1990. Steve Jobs wanted to know how he could harness the power of parallel processing to process images and to do so faster. To put things in context, back in 1990, Steve Jobs was depressed and devastated because he was unceremoniously removed from Apple Corporation, the company that he started. Seeking for a new direction, Steve Jobs was intrigued by my experimental discovery of how and why parallel processing across a global network of 65,536 processors or across a new internet reduced 65,536 days or 180 years of time to solution on only one processor that is not a member of an ensemble of processors to just one day of time to solution across a new internet that is a global network of 65,536 commodity off-the-shelf processors. Fast forward 18 years to June 9, 2008. Steve Jobs told the opening session of Apple's 
Worldwide Developers Conference in San Francisco, California, that parallel processing is still very challenging. As reported in the, the following day, in the June 10, 2008 issue of the New York Times, Steve Jobs told Apple's worldwide developers that, quote, the way the processor industry is going is to add more and more cores. But nobody knows how to program those things. Steve Jobs said. And he continued. I mean, two, yeah? Four, not really. Eight, forget it, unquote. I experimentally discovered how and why massively parallel processing is at the heart of the fastest supercomputer. I experimentally discovered that massively parallel processing is a necessary condition for the fastest supercomputers. Historically, we never had new supercomputers without experimentally discovering faster supercomputer speeds. To achieve grand wizardry in fastest massively parallel supercomputing requires the visceral understanding that the massively parallel supercomputer is not a new computer per se. I experimentally discovered that my new and massively parallel supercomputer that I visualized as a global network of 65,536 processors is a small internet de facto. I invented a new internet that was defined and outlined by a global network of 65,536 processors and I invented how to use that new internet to make computers faster and to make supercomputers fastest. And how and why to use that new supercomputer knowledge to build new super to build a new supercomputer that encircled a globe and encircled it. In the manner the internet encircled a globe. I will take a retrospective look on my early years, or the 16 years onward of June 20, 1974. I will look back on how I named each processor within my new internet that is a global network of 64 binary thousand processors. 
and how I experimentally discovered that new internet to be a massively parallel supercomputer. I experimentally invented how to assign a unique string of 16 zeros and ones and assign each string as the 16-bit name of each of my two top power 16 codes that had a one-to-one -one correspondence with my 64 binary thousand processors. So, after several years of hands-on direct programming of an ensemble of 64 binary thousand commodity of the shelf processors that I visualized as my new internet, I became known to programmers in the supercomputing community as the quote-unquote go-to person. Research supercomputer scientists that sought answers to questions on message passing came to me. Vector processing supercomputer programmers who at that time presumed that I was in the I was in the Los Alamos National Laboratory in Los Alamos, New Mexico, that was the supercomputing capital of the world, emailed me when they wanted to learn how to program the message passing ensemble of processors that everybody hated and that everybody ridiculed, mocked, and disrespected as a huge waste of everybody's time. That unique message passing supercomputer experience that I gained in the 1980s was the reason I was appointed in the early 1990s as the distinguished lecturer of the two leading computer societies in the world, namely the Association for Computing Machinery and the Computer Society of the Institute of Electrical and Electronics Engineers. A 12-year-old writing a school report on Philip Emma Aguale asked me, Why are you called the father of the internet? I answered, Back in 1974, I conceived 64,000 computers around the earth that comprised of a global network of computers. I conceived that global network as used to forecast the weather, but it took me 15 years, onward of June 1974, to experimentally discover how to harness that global network of computers and harness it to forecast the weather. In 1989, it made the news headlines that an African supercomputer wizard in the United States had won the top prize in the field of supercomputing. That African supercomputer wizard was in the news for experimentally discovering how to harness a new internet that is a global network of 65,000 
536 commodity off-the-shelf processors. Each processor was akin to a tiny computer. I am that African supercomputer scientist that was in the news back in 1989. I won the top prize in supercomputing because I experimentally discovered how an ensemble of 65,536 or 2 raised to power 16 commodity off-the-shelf processors could be assembled as the building blocks of a new supercomputer and harnessed to become the world's fastest supercomputer de facto. I was in the news because I experimentally discovered how to synchronously communicate and how to simultaneously compute and how to communicate and compute together and how to do both as one seamless cohesive unit. That cohesive unit was my new supercomputer de facto. That cohesive unit was defined around a 16-dimensional hyperball that is a new internet by definition. That cohesive unit was the supercomputing machinery that I used to send and receive emails to and from 65,536 or 2 to power 16 16 bit long email addresses. Each of those 64 binary thousand email addresses was a unique string of 16 zeros and ones. Back in the 1980s, I emailed 64 binary thousand computer codes to as many processors. Each of those computer codes solved initial boundary value problems with each problems governing partial differential equations of modern calculus and with each equation specified with each equation specified initial and boundary conditions what made the news headlines was that i solved 24 million equations of algebra that was a world record in algebra back in 1989, as well as my contribution to algebra. Each equation of algebra that I solved was restating the second law of motion that was at the physics core of the computational physics model that I executed within each processor. I was in the news in 1989 for experimentally discovering how to solve problems in extreme scale algebra and how to solve them across a new internet that is a global network of 65,536 processors. I was in the news 
1989 for experimentally discovering that new internet and for inventing it as a new supercomputer de facto. What made the news headlines was that I synchronously communicated via emails to and from across 65,536 processors and that I simultaneously computed at the speed of 47,303 calculations per processor to compute at the then unheard of total speed of 3.1 billion calculations per second. That experimental discovery of massively parallel processing changed the way we think about the new supercomputer that is the fastest computer that will become the computer of tomorrow if history repeats itself. That experimental discovery of massively parallel processing garnered international headlines and I, the storyteller, became the story and the subject of school reports titled The Contributions of Philip Emma Aguale to the Development of the Computer. I was the first to experimentally discover how and why parallel processing makes computers faster and makes supercomputers fastest and how to use that new supercomputer knowledge to build a new supercomputer I experimentally discovered massively parallel processing and I did so by solving a grand challenge problem that the United States government defined as one of its 20 gold ring problems in supercomputing. My experimental discovery changed the way we looked at the supercomputer back in the 1970s and 80s. I looked at the precursor to the modern supercomputer that I programmed as a parallel processing internet that was outlined and defined by my 65,536 commodity off-the-shelf processors. Fast forward four decades. The modern supercomputer is a union of vast numbers of processors that communicate as a tightly coupled internet that is outlined and defined by millions upon millions of processors. That experimental discovery of the parallel processing internet is the reason I am profiled in books such as the history of the internet. Each of my 65,536 processors must have its unique name. That name was a unique string of 16 zeros and ones. I used a unique binary reflected naming scheme for each processor 
that was within my global network of 65,536 processors. My global network of processors is a small internet. That small copy of the internet is one of the keys to my experimental discovery of how and why parallel processing makes computers faster and makes supercomputers fastest. And my invention of how to use that new supercomputer knowledge to build a new supercomputer. The experimental discovery of massively parallel processing across a new internet is my contribution to the development of faster computers and the fastest supercomputer. I experimentally discovered how and why the millions of processors of a massively parallel supercomputer can be harnessed to cooperatively compute together and to compute as one seamless cohesive unit and to compute faster than any serial or any vector processing supercomputer. I experimentally discovered massively parallel processing and I invented the technology through my proper naming of the processors within my internet. I visualize my internet as encircling a globe or a hyperglobe in hyperspace. That experimental discovery is my contribution to the development of the first internet that's the world that's the fastest supercomputer and that massively parallel processed across an ensemble of 65,536 processors. In the 1960s, 70s and 80s, parallel processing was dismissed as a huge waste of everybody's time. In the most quoted scientific paper in supercomputing that was published in April 1967, Jean Amdahl, the supercomputer scientist of Amdahl's law fame, wrote that the maximum speed increase that could be achieved from harnessing an ensemble of eight processors and using them to compute in parallel will always be less than a factor of eight. In November 1982, I gave a lecture at a conference for computational physicists and computational mathematicians. In that lecture, I presented my theoretical strategy for using 65,536 processors to make the impossible to compute possible to compute. In that lecture, in which I theorized on the most extreme scale computations and how I could achieve a speed increase of a factor of 64 binary thousand or 2 raised to power 16 
and on how I, I could increase the speed of computations across a new internet that is a massively parallel supercomputer de facto and that is powered by 64 binary thousand or 65,536 processors. Only one computational physicist attended my lecture on massively parallel processing on, or on how to solve a million problems at once instead of solving one problem at a time. In the early 1980s and earlier, extreme-scale computational physicists declined the invitations to attend my lectures on parallel processing supercomputing. My experimental discovery was rejected in, early 19, in the early 1980s because extreme-scale computational physicists argued that Massively parallel supercomputing will forever remain a huge waste of everybody's time. In the 1960s, 70s, and 80s, the highest minds in supercomputing caricatured parallel processing as a beautiful theory that lacked experimental confirmation. In those three decades, Prior to 1989, no supercomputer scientist knew how to parallel process 64 binary thousand codes of computational physics with each code representing the algebraic reformulation of an initial boundary value problem of calculus. Prior to 1989, my research reports on massively parallel processing we are read by zero people, and I lived a life of complete anonymity. My experimental discovery that made the news headlines in 1989 was the new counterintuitive knowledge about the fastest supercomputers and of how to massively parallel process computational physics codes and how to do so across a new internet that I visualized as a global network of processors that are equal distances are far and apart and on the surface of a globe in a 16-dimensional hyperspace. The, the reason my experimental confirmation of massively parallel supercomputing made the news headlines in 1989 was that it was then considered physically impossible to compute across 65,536 processors. That was also the reason the massively parallel processing of excruciatingly detailed computational fluid dynamics codes was classified by the United States government as the grand challenge of supercomputing. In 1989, and 22 years after Amdahl's law was published, I, Philip Emagwale, was in the news headlines and in the June 20, 1990 issue of the Wall Street Journal.
I was profiled as the African supercomputer wizard in the United States who discovered the fastest supercomputer. I was in the news for experimentally discovering a speed increase of a factor of 64 binary thousand. And for discovering that speed increase across a massively parallel processing supercomputer. I was in the news for theoretically discovering a speed increase of a factor of 64 binary billion. I was in the news for discovering that speed increase across a theorized global network of 64 binary billion processors. I was in the news for theoretically and experimentally discovering the fastest speed in computing and for discovering it across a global network of as many computers that could encircle the earth and encircle it as a new internet. My experimental discovery of massively parallel processing opened the door for the biggest paradigm shift in extreme-scale computational physics. That paradigm shift in turn changed the way we think about the supercomputer of today that hopefully will be the computer of tomorrow. The experimental discovery of massively parallel processing in 1989 spawned the entire subfield within physics of extreme-scale computational physics, spawned the entire subfield within chemistry of extreme-scale computational chemistry, and spawned the entire subfield within mathematics of extreme-scale computational mathematics. The discovery of how to compute in parallel was a revelation that changed our knowledge of how to compute things that were previously impossible. Massively parallel processing is a new paradigm of computing and is the most significant discovery in high-performance computing. In the old paradigm of high-performance computing, the computer was powered by one processor and the supercomputer was powered by one vector processing unit. In my new paradigm of high-performance computing, the ordinary computer is powered by up to 100 processors and the extraordinary supercomputer is powered by 10,649,600 commodity off-the-shelf processors or more. I experimentally discovered that the fastest computations in physics and beyond physics will physically occur across millions of processors of a massively 
parallel supercomputer and I theoretically discovered that the fastest computations of the future could be across the billions of computers of the internet of the future, not within one supercomputer that computes with only one processor. Dalono, Afambu Chukura, Philip Emagwale, Abum Onyonicha, Anigafu, Nemagwale.com, Commercia, and Philip Emagwale at Emagwale.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Insightful and brilliant much. lecture. Insightful and brilliant lecture.